All right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Dining Room Table. I'm your host, Miranda X, and I'm excited to be joined by the lovely Nandy George, who is an inspiring freelance stylist, but just also another millennial trying to find her way in the world. And honestly, before I introduce her and read her bio, I would love to welcome her to my show. So, Nandy, how are you doing? Hey, hey, friends. Hi, everyone. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm just cooling in, getting off work, settling in. How was work? Work was cool. It's cute. I've, like, recently switched from working mornings to evenings to evening to, like, late (laughs) night. So that switch is just, like, it's taking a toll on me. I'm, like, wide awake and everybody's, like, knocked out. Right, right. You you (laughs) could tell us. What's the hours? So I did a 9.45 a.m. to 12 a.m. today. Mm. Was it long for you? Yeah. Or was it? It goes It goes quick. You know, like when you know what you're doing and when you're just focused on getting in and getting out, it's not that bad. Well, kudos to you because I sure couldn't do, you know, 15-hour <laughs> shift. But I'm glad that you enjoyed yourself and that it went by quick for you. Um, yeah, but honestly, I invited you on my show today for you to honestly provide your short for you to provide your short. Uh, I keep saying story for your story for you to provide your story. And honestly, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. But before I read your bio for the listeners, I really honestly want you to know that it's OK to stand in your truth. It's OK to not be strong all the time. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to let people in. And honestly, it's okay to not have all the answers. And it's okay to be you in the most unapologetic way, okay? Yes. All right. Agreed. It's disclaimer. It's about to get real. <laughs> it's about to get real. Um, okay. So this is, a, this is the bio I created for you. And then once I read it, then we can continue, okay? Yeah. All sure. right. So at a young age, Nandy was adopted by her auntie, who she acknowledges as her mother because her biological mother was on drugs. Nandy was also raised in a single parent, low income household with her cousin, but which she calls her brother. And unfortunately, she never got the opportunity to meet or know her biological father or really have a father figure in her life. She was estranged or she has an estranged relationship with her biological mom. Um, Nandy dropped out of high school and has been struggling for a very long time to specifically find what she wants to do in life. But honestly, by the grace of God, earlier last year, she was able to walk on her purpose as a creative stylist and make several of her clients happy, me being one of them. Um, She actually styled me for my book visual in August, um, back in Malibu, California, which I absolutely slayed that video shoot because of her. Um, and as Nandy was progressing in her career, she learned that her mom had cancer. And as the time went on, the doctor sent Nandy's mom back home to be comfortable because there wasn't anything more that they could do. And towards end of the year, Nandy had to quit her gene job or at least leave an environment that allowed her to creatively express herself 
to be a main caretaker for her mom. And so that's basically what I had. I wanted to know, how did you think about all that? And what what's going on in your mind right now as I was reading your bio? It's just trippy when you listen to your life through somebody else's, you know, like, like, that's what, that's my biography, like, told by you, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, I tried to envision it as another person and it's like, damn, like, sis, like, you, you all right, girl? Like, mm-hmm. you good? And keep going. So, no, it's just, it's just interesting hearing it from, you know, another perspective. But that's my life. I'm living. That's what right. I'm living. And honestly, when I was writing it, and even as I was saying it, it was a lot for me. And I think that there's a lot to kind of un- unpack or to at least to talk about. And so for what for you and I, what I want for you is kind of not to... I want you to not process it as if like you've already been over it like oh yeah I know let me be over it but I want you to kind of really let that soak and really um, share with us did anything stand out to you when I was reading it what's one thing that you struggle with or do you want me to just ask you some questions I, I think I need some mm-hmm. questions. I think I need some, yeah, I think I need some questions. So I'm going to start off with the latter part. You were able to find this dream job of yours, and a, you were able to be a creative stylist, but your mom is sick. Can you talk about um, what's going on with your mom right now and how at the end you have to kind of quit your job to take care of her? Yeah, so first and foremost, my mom's like a full-blown gangster. <laughs> like, let's just <laughs> let's just acknowledge the fact that she's a full-breed, like, tr- OG, triple OG. Um, she was in remission. Okay, let's just backtrack. So my mom had had cancer once before. She had ovarian cancer before I was even in her life. And because of her ovarian cancer, they ended up telling her that she wasn't able to have any more kids. And at the time, the only person she had was my older brother. So it, the way the universe kind of worked that out is she ended up taking me in and, you know, I ended up becoming her daughter. So that's kind of how that happened. And then fast forward to all of this time, we found out she had it again. And it was pretty, it was pretty surprising because it was like, you know, like I remember symptoms leading up to it you know like my mom just was feeling very uncomfortable and it was you know my mom's a pretty healthy person like she takes care of my like at the time two-year-old nephew running around catching up with him like she had all the energy than all of us so it was like really surprising but just seeing how it came into her life and it just kind of took control and just made things worse it it was just really shocking so um you know she had to deal with that and then over the summer it was we were in and out of the hospital a good amount of times. And then the last time they kind of just told us like, Hey, you know, she's stage three going into stage four, her chemo is not really helping her. It's doing her more harm than it is help. So we're going to have to send her on hospice. And for nobody, for anybody who doesn't know what hospice is, it's pretty much where whoever is in hospice goes when, you know, like they're kind of, you know, their, their health is like, you know, it's failing them. So that's kind of, 
but we just have her in in-home care because it's like it's our mom you know like we rather take care of her so that's kind of where we are right now with it she's but she, as of right now she's doing good she's eating you know like I said me and her we still kicking it talking you know chopping it up and for you to see that transition for her to be healthy to kind of slowly but surely losing her health how did that make you feel especially as someone who raised you and took you in when she didn't have to it was really hard because, I mean, like, you obviously don't ever want to see anybody that you love go through any amount of pain. But it was a simple fact that this wasn't it. Like, this just came out of nowhere. You know, like, my mom, she ate correctly. She was healthy. She had a balanced diet. She was up and at him every morning. So it was really hard to see somebody who always took really good care of themselves just not even, you know, like, have no control over what happened. It was like, you know, like, cancer, it just it comes for anybody you know nobody mm-hmm. is safe so so uh, I think I, I was gonna say I just I think that's that's kind of what hurts the most is like there's not much control over this disease you know what I'm saying it's it's like if it's there so it's can there. you give me an example of when you say cancer took over when did cancer take over like give me an example describe it when so when did you <clears throat> first realize like oh shit it's not a game when we first found out she had cancer, it was the end of January, and they her for, no, I think it was the beginning of and then they scheduled her for a surgery a month after. So her surgery was around, like, February 7th or 8th, and her surgery was pretty much they were cutting half of her stomach and taking it out of her because that's where the cancer was. So she had her surgery, took it like a champ. Like I said, my mom's a, my mom's a thug. She was, um, you know, in the hospital for a couple of weeks after, and they let her back home. So one of her first doctor's appointments after that surgery she ended up having, they said the cancer ended up spreading. Mm. So it was like, you know, right out of surgery, she made it. Everything was good. We're thinking the cancer is gone. It's free. And then a week later, she goes to her doctor appointment, and it said it actually spread. Mm. So that's when it's kind of like, okay, now this, now we really don't have like what are we gonna do now you know keep going I it's okay no I'm like trying to like hold it in but I don't think you have to hold it in I think that that's the point of you talking about it so you don't have to hold it in and that's what I mean by it's okay to let it out and to be you I I think that was the point when it was like, oh, fuck. Like any, like any, and oh, excuse my language, but like any, anything that I ever done, like negatively or anything that I had said to my mom negatively, like I, it all was just like, it like it, it came and it hurt like all at mm-hmm. once, you know, like, you know, like cancer is a really, really serious thing. Like it affects the person that, that, that has the disease, of course, but having to see what the person who has the cancer go through is what hurts the most. And it's just having to see her just like, I went from seeing my mom like look at me up from the patio, like every time I'd be coming home and like now I don't see my mom at all. So it's like, it's like little stuff like that, you know? And then there was a point in time when I went to the hospital and like, my mom didn't even know who I was, you know? So it's, 
it's just little things like that, you know, like it's trippy. It's trippy to say the least. So how do you feel knowing like, okay, I have a short amount of time with my mom um, on this planet? It's hard for me because of the position that I'm in. You know, like when you are, and I know a lot of people are like, what? It's your mom. But the same connection I have with my mom is the same connection I have with my career just because, you know, like my mom, she ended up in my life by the universe. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just something that came in my life. And then like with my my career, that's just something that came in my life. It wasn't planned. It just came. And it just was something I just so happened to love. So it's like not having as much time with my mom, it's, it makes me sad and I want it. But my mom still till this day, she'll be like, go work, like go mm-hmm. do your thing. And it's like, you know, like she, she's proud of what I am and she's proud of what I'm doing because she, she's seen everything, you know, like she's seen everything. Mm-hmm. So it's hard because, like, I feel like by me working and, like, securing my own bag and, like, taking care of myself, like, that makes her proud because that's the nanny that she knows. But it's, like, you know, like, I'm I'm here for her as well, too. You know, like, I, I want to include my mom in everything, but it, it's it's a really, it's a crazy conflict. It's a really crazy struggle. It's okay. So, um, how do you feel about sacrificing your job or your, your, your job with styling to have to take care of your mom then if she wanted you to work? It was, the only reason it was hard, hard was because I didn't really have much of a choice. You know what I'm saying? It was like, the only people that are able to really take care of my mom right now are my brother and myself. So it's like, after he stayed home for X amount of time to take care of my mom, like it's time for him to go back and secure his bag. So it's like, you know, when my mom got into the hospital, like they were preparing for us to like bury my mom, you know, we had like no idea how long she was going to be here. So it's like, I feel like now I'm the one that has to kind of just hear with her until she gets better. You know, like, it's like, that's our goal. You know, like, we have to get her better. And she's getting better day by day. But it, it like, I don't know, like, it makes me feel good because I see her progress and I see her getting better and and all this other stuff. But it's like, you know, this it's not gone Mm -hmm. it's not all the way gone this thing is still present it's still in my life like don't get comfortable yet sis like I'm still here you know like it's it's that that makes it hard you know because it's just it's not it's not gone you know like we can see so much progress but this thing is still lingering in our lives so how does that make you feel it's a burden it's a huge chip on my shoulder because it makes me feel like yo, am I ever going to be able to fulfill this passion that I have that it took me so long to find? Am I ever going to be able to, you know, like really, really place my mark in that area, in that specific place? Or am I going to like 
have to sit because you know like it's either my mom gets better which who knows how long that's gonna take or unfortunately like god forbid you know like realistically like my mom's gonna like lose this battle you know and it's like I have to prepare myself for that so it's it's a lot of emotions it's a lot of emotions because I feel like either way I lose something you know like if I pursue my career like I'm like losing time with my mom or I'm losing like you know like like time and love and energy with my mom and if I like don't pursue my career like there's so many opportunities that I've already have to have passed up you know what I'm saying like there's gonna be continuing opportunities and it's like wow like are have you missed your time Mm -hmm. like is have you missed your time like are things how they are now is the fashion industry gonna be just as cool as it is right now in a year you know what I'm saying like everything things are changing in this lifetime so quickly like we don't know what's going to be cool tomorrow so it's like you know it's just thinking about that like my mind it goes beyond me so it 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 scares me sometimes that's how it makes me feel no that and that's real do you do you feel and i know you love your mom and i know that you want to be there to support you know i do (laughs) you know i do um does that make you feel some type of way towards her it can't make me feel any way toward her because I mean in general sometimes I get frustrated because like naturally I'm just frustrated because it's like ah like I want to do this but I want to do this but I'm obligated to do this so I I get frustrated but I don't think it's at her just because it's like my mom didn't choose the cancer the cancer chose Mm -hmm. her like what's going on completely out of her control so there's no reason for me to be upset with her you know like I, I can't be upset with her I, I can't, like, and I think that's what frustrates me because I don't know what to be upset at, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So how do you find your balance? How do you cope? What do you do to find that balance? Crazy enough, it was styling. I started in career legit two months after finding out my mom had cancer. Mm-hmm. Like, just the way, like, you're going to creatively put your effort into something that you're willing to invest and put your creativity into because this is something that you don't, you know what I'm saying? This is a reality that you don't want to deal with. This is how you're going to take all this frustration out, and this is what you're going to do. Because I don't really do anything else, you know what I'm saying? When you've worked, like, full-time multiple full-time jobs for the last two years it's kind of hard to kind of like find a hobby and like find what you like so the fact that this was something that was just so easy and came so easy to me and I was willing to really creatively invest time into it it was it was pretty important so that's why I say like styling is the only thing that I that I know that I'm willing to put my creative effort into and so I hear you and I hear you say that's what you did but what do you do right now because now that you don't style anymore right or so uh, correct me if I'm wrong so I want to kind of know now knowing that you have to sacrifice that real big part of your life to now take care of your mom how do you deal with it now what do you do to not basically lose your mind does that make sense since that brought you peace 
It's I'm back trapping out the band though. I was a bud tender for three years prior to being styling, and I've worked for some of the most ignorant bosses. I've worked for some of the meanest bosses. I've worked for um, I've worked for some of the just some of the the most horrible spirited people that mm-hmm. you could ever imagine like people who just wanted nothing but your time they didn't care that you had other things that you were trying to creatively do so and then just dealing with a bunch of people that you have to you know like some of these people you enjoy helping but other some other people are just crazy um but that's that's every day but um yeah it's it's butt tending that I'm doing. I just know how to do so, it. So I hear that you're surviving. I hear that you're yeah. surviving. So that's good. But are you taking care of yourself? And if you're not, that's okay to say that too. Um, I, I not. Say it one more know, time. And I, I said I'm not taking care of myself like I should be. Like I, I do what I can. You know, like I, I, you know, I have little things planned for myself, but doing like my like self-care routines like I used to like I just don't have the time anymore like between having to work like crazy night hours and then taking care of my mom during the day like I don't even I don't even have time to like really do my like self-care stuff it's crazy what were some I, of like, your self-care routines I used to get my lashes done <laughs> okay <laughs> like, uh-huh. you know, I used to get my lashes done you know just do little cute stuff like getting my nails done getting my lashes done you know like um going meditating every couple of times like I meditate when I can but it's very short very very short frequencies but I used to go to the beach pretty often and just take time to myself to kind of like reflect on you know like little things that could be you know changed you know but I've create mood boards for future shoots that I want to do here and there um I do Instagram for a lash company, so that allows me to be creative in some sort of ways. Um, and I kind of just think up outfits to wear on my head. No, that's, that's <laughs> but, good. That's good. I, I kind of want to know, um, do you think your choices of school and not finishing school do you think it has made some of your decisions or paths harder for you to find? Absolutely. Can, can you Absolutely. explain that a little bit? Um, I feel like... And first talk more about school me, um, so the listeners can understand and then go into elaborating. So school and me, just we have a really horrible relationship. I just can't do it. I... I left high school, I left public high school for, like, many different reasons. I just didn't like it. I was the odd kid. I was, like, always getting in trouble. Um, And I went to Independence. And I finished Independence at 17. Like, I I wasn't a dumb kid either. Like, I was Mm -hmm. a pretty intelligent kid. But it just, I, I just couldn't do school. I, like, I hated it. So I ended up working. Like, right after leaving school, like, I just was, like, get a job. But after, like, time and time and I gone back to school I went back to school at damn sis we're 25 now <laughs> well not now but mm-hmm. we're about to be um 17 I had been working and then I went back when I was like 21 
And I'm like, all right, let me just major in communications and sociology because those were the only two subjects that I found interesting. Um, don't like math. I'm strangely really good at it. English, I, I hate writing. Like, I, like I, I have a love-hate relationship with mm-hmm. writing, but I just don't have the passion for it like I, I thought I did. Um, I ended up leaving because, once again, like, real life happened. I kind of have to just hold myself down and take care of myself and, you know, help my mom and stuff like that with financial things when she needed it. And then I went back again and I was like, all right, cool, let's get back to the sociology thing because I think I was a little bit more interested in sociology. And then I just ended up leaving because I'm like, I'm not doing this for me. (laughs) Like, I don't really see myself doing this. Like, I just don't, I don't want to, you know what I'm saying? And it was just, I always knew school wasn't for me. I've always been vocal about that. Like, even in high school, like, I always told my mom, like, I don't like this. I'd rather just do my own thing. Like, it's whatever. Um, and I kind of just worked after that because I, I I don't know, like, looking back at it, I found it easier to work mm-hmm. work and work and work and save a bunch of money or at least try <laughs> to save a bunch of money um, and just figure it out in five years. But... I've slowly started to realize that, okay, maybe if you wouldn't have gotten an associate's at least a certificate in something, like you might've found a, some, a, a, a little bit more of a creative job mm-hmm. earlier instead of having to settle at other places. But I play devil's advocate genuinely. Like I know in my heart and my soul, I really don't like school and I really don't think it's for me. I don't really think school's for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just a different type of learner and I'm a different type of mover, I feel like. And I'm fine with, you know, like my my choices. Like I'm fine with it just because I feel like it's taught me a little bit more. Um, but I, I definitely think <laughs> going to school has affected me in a little bit of a way. But, you know, like with today's technology and things like that, like, who really needs a degree for anything? <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I'm just no, kidding. No, no, no. You don't got a kid. There's always truth behind every just kidding, right? Because... I mean, uh, the, I mean there and, is. There is truth. But with my field of work, I've, I've gone a lot further than some people with degrees. And I've been, like, I've had conversations with people. And I'm like, wow, like, really? Like, that's crazy, mm-hmm. you know? Like trying to gain knowledge off of them and and I've me I've been at the same place at the same time with people that have been to school for the things that I've just taught myself right. how to do that's the thing everything I've taught myself how to do everything you know like I've had people along the way show me and give me vibes and inspirations to lead me into where I was going mm-hmm. but you know for the most part, I, I teach myself how to do things. I gain my own inspiration. A lot of the stuff I've put together for, like, I was a stylist. You sure was. Time. Like, <laughs> that's the crazy part about it. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is something that I kind of just taught myself to do. And now that I want to make money and capitalize off of it, it's, I, I just, it's a different Because I always thought you were going to be a fashion designer. Um, but you, I did want to uh-huh. do fashion design. Mm-hmm. I did. I did. I wanted to go to Fitham at one point, but I... I'm really not artistic. I can't. I can't draw. <laughs> like, I can't. Is draw. that what Fitum is? You couldn't um, also go there for designing, um, or you have to have that skill in art. 
Um, FITM's for everybody now. Like, I've met people who said FITM only had, like, three majors, and now they have, like, over a, a trillion. Um, I didn't go to FITM for just reasons beyond mm-hmm. me. Like, I think when I found out how much it was in high school, I was like, my mom ain't got this type of money. So it was like that, that was one thing that was just like, oof, like, I don't think I want to go to the school. And then like later on down the line, I've worked with people that went to FITM and I've met people that have gone to FITM and I've, I've heard a few things, you know, like I haven't heard the worst things, but I've heard a few things to make me feel like, you know, like I knew a girl who went to Los Angeles Trade Tech and her professor was a FITM professor. So she was getting the same mm-hmm. education mm-hmm. for like, 30 times cheaper. Yeah, and uh, and side note, I want to ask you a question, but I do want you to know that there is financial aid, and I know you know about it, but also understanding that even though your your mom may not have the income, that there are financial resources and scholarships and whatnot available um, that you can also take in consideration, but one thing that I wanted to talk about or that I heard you say, and I thought that was very important that you kind of plug that in, that college isn't for everyone or school. You didn't just say college. You said school. And um, yeah. and <laughs> I said, ouch. It, it was, it, I felt that on a very emotional <laughs> level. And um, I, I can agree with you after getting um, my bachelor's, I was like, wow to reflect back on this experience one I think school is for me right and one Mm -hmm. thing that I've always admired about you is that you've always found a job and you've always knew how to survive outside of school and I am extremely proud of you that you were able to kind of learn from others and find what works for you and I can honestly say that I like I'm like wow that's good because for me on the other hand I don't know what I would do without school I don't know who I'd be without school and the found and and the fact that you found who you are outside of school I think that that's tremendous and I think that not a lot of people would have or could do that does that make sense and I think that the world should expose students and youth to a world that's outside of school or or at least outside of college like there's different avenues to get to where you want to go does that make sense and I think that if you had a mentor too at a age or in high school when you went to Bee House um that oh lord no you didn't just do that she went to Bee House it's it's called something else now it's it's very long name but it's like wow okay um, but um, uh, if you had a mentor to kind of guide you and help you find your way, and I think that a lot of times they push college down our throats as if that's the only option to be successful, when a lot of successful people did not go to college, right? And I don't want to say that college isn't um, a choice. I want everybody to know that college is a choice, right? Um, especially coming from where we come from a low income single parent household but I also want people to know that that's not the only choice and to reflect back on college I'm like wow I got all these theories and I got all this knowledge but I don't have the skill set right and I think Mm -hmm. that 
college what it does for you if you don't maximize your experience or if you do maximize your experience I should say is I think it opens doors for you and I think oh, that no. that's the one part that I think that you're struggling with not the talent not the skill but the networking opportunity and yeah. that's one thing that I wanted to highlight of what you said but I do think it's important that people know that college is and I felt like that, yeah. that's the only thing that you had growing up was like school, 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 school. You got to do it. You got to graduate. And then you've learned that school isn't for you. And you don't have to feel bad about that. Right. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Or at least I felt like I heard it in your voice like, well, you know, Scott, school isn't for me. I've never been good at it. And I don't think you really have to justify that. It's like you tried it, you went and it didn't work out because it wasn't for you. And you said it. it's not because you were dumb or anything like that which is okay too because people try to label themselves like oh well I'm dumb so it wasn't for me or just couldn't have been for you does that make sense yeah or somebody didn't bring out that side of you to make you learn to love um to make you love to learn no I totally agree I mean, I definitely want to go back to school because at some point I want to be able to have my own business and I want to be able to gain the skills and the knowledge to be able, just because like, I wish that like my, you mentioned a mentor and I have a mentor. Mm -hmm. My mentor is Rihanna, Rihanna Cooper. Um, She was my old boss at Vita I had a slow moment. (laughs) (laughs) You thought bad girl read me, right? Yeah, I was like, what? (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) Yeah, I um not rihanna cooper is just as good she's um she's a designer she's a photographer she's a stylist like she's ultimate babe ultimate goals um so it was really cool um having to meet her and sorry i'm like i feel like i'm gonna cough it was really cool having to meet her and you know like i just want to be able to like at 19 or 18 or 17, like I wish I knew I wanted to be a stylist Mm -hmm. at 19 and 20 when people were telling me my outfits were dope. You know, like I feel like if I had, like I wasn't hanging around stylists at 19. I wasn't in that scene. Like I don't, I don't even know what I was doing. I was doing dumb stuff. Oh yeah. So it's, you Mm -hmm. know, like I was doing really stupid stuff at 19. So it's like, I just want to be that person that, you know, like young girls who don't really know what to do and have a sense of style like I want to be able to catch their eye like yo like she's doing something dope like she has a place for us to go create and go see what's up and in turn and do some cool stuff at you know like that's the type of person that I want to be because that's the type of person I wish I had growing up so growing up and what I heard you say was when you did go to school you feel like it wasn't for you so being who you are now and reflecting back on that experience saying that you want to catch the attention of young women who may not know exactly what they want to do. How do you do that? If you're talking to someone who's like you, who was like you in high school, who felt like school's not for me, they don't want to really be here. So what do you do? What do you say to them? Do you let them? Yeah. What do you say to them? I mean, I would stress on the fact that, yeah, like you may not want to do school now. You may not want to do school ever, but school's important. It's essential. Like it's, it, it's going to come up in plenty points of your life where it's you're, you're going to miss opportunities because you didn't have it because I've missed opportunities because I didn't have it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I, I don't want, I wouldn't want them to miss up on that, but I also want them to understand the importance of taking that time off and 
doing something creative for that mm. year or that summer before you have to go back to school. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could have went back. I did go back to school. I took a break for two years and went back. And that's when I felt like, okay, like, real life happened. Then I went back a third time and I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm not doing this for me. I'm, I'm, this isn't. And can you clarify so really like, quickly when you say school, are you talking about high school or are you talking about college? Just school in general. Okay. Like, I didn't like high school just because if it's one thing I do regret leaving high school for is because that's where they help you figure your create. Cause I was in like a creative like group. Cause they separated all the seniors into different like groups of what they wanted to do after mm-hmm. high school. And I was in like the creative group and that was pretty fun. It was great. It was amazing. But when I'm not like when I'm focused on a bunch of other things and I have to succeed at a bunch of other things that are not that one thing that I'm really trying to do that I know I can mm-hmm. be good at, you know, like I, I'm, I'm not for it because I feel like I'm wasting my energy and doing things that I'm going to fail at. And it's okay to fail. That's fine. But when you know you're going to fail, when you know you're going to waste time and fail at something because you genuinely don't want to do it and you know you're going to be good at something else, it doesn't matter if it's like, if it's one thing like another thing like I remember first getting into the weed industry like I'm gonna be the most kick-ass butt tender in the Mm -hmm. world you know what I'm saying like you put energy into things that you think you want to do and when you're our age school you're trying to be in a relationship with God knows whose son or daughter um you know like your actual family like there's a lot of things that are going on in your life where it's like you got to try to find yourself you have to figure out what you're going to do after like I don't know. Like, I think I just limited those stresses for me just because like I knew I was supposed to be succeeding at one thing and I knew school wasn't going to get me to that thing faster than I was going to get there myself. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Maybe not, but that's just me. So no, no, because I just want to clarify what, what I hear you say, what you're saying is you're encouraging people to graduate high school. Okay. Yeah. And like, that's what you wish you should have did. Because, uh, okay. That's, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, like graduate high school just because without a GED, without high school diploma, like you're really like nothing in this world. Mm-hmm. But like the thing about college, like you don't want to be 25, 26, sitting up with a bunch of high school kids, like barely getting your GED and no judgment to anybody that does because things take time. Like things take time. You know, like I've met people who've gotten their GED at 30. Like it's okay. But if you don't want to sit there and like watch your life pass by. Like I'd say, get it ASAP, <laughs> like get it as soon as possible. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And it's like, I didn't finish high school. Like I never went to college. Like it's cool. Like I'm not passing judgment on. You went anything. to some college. I did. I went, you know, I, know, I, I dabbled mm-hmm. in it a little bit, but um, you know, like it, it, it's just not for everyone. But I, I, I think finish high school because you know, like, Oh my gosh kids are growing up so fast in the world these days um you're you're gonna need a high school diploma for a lot of these jobs that they're gonna be creating in the next five or so years you know what I'm saying because even though there's other jobs and opportunities that are opening up like they're not gonna be here in the next five to ten years you know like these are the, the things that aren't gonna last so my best advice is to just get your high school diploma and then you know, just figure your life out from there. Like, take a couple of years off to figure out what you want to do and go to school from there. Because, you know, leaving school, leaving college, I was, I, I didn't even know what trade schools really had for the kid. You know, like, there's there's other options. You know what I'm saying? And I, I found all of these options out 
in the midst of trying to find myself. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it, it's cool to know that there's other options as well. I guess that's what I'm trying No, that's to say. good. And gap years is a really, it's a, that's good advice for people who don't really know what they want. I wanted to ask you, do you think not having your biological parents in your life played a big part in some of the decisions you've made? I think they gave, they did. I think they played a really huge part in my I don't give a fuckness. Excuse me. You don't, girl, be you. Keep going. (laughs) Um, Just because my father's, like, non-existent. I, like, do we have to go into that story? Or, like, can I You can briefly um, say what you, say whatever you need to say. I'm just, okay, say whatever you need to say. That's a setup. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Um, I've, I had a father, my sister and I shared the same father up until I was 10. I found out that that wasn't my father, um, through an argument between my biological mother and her sister, which is my mom now. Um, and for the rest of that time afterwards, I I lived a pretty awkward life. I think a lot of everybody else's decisions were being like thrown up on me and I was in the mess. So I kind of took that out on everybody else for a small point in time. And then um, my mom's been constantly in and out of my life. Um, God, this is so annoying. She's she's been constantly in and out of my life still till this till this day. Have you guys seen that meme? Till this day. Um, <laughs> She she still tries to make everybody else feel bad for the decisions that she makes. And give me an example. How does oh. um my mom, her health has failed, you know. Everybody knows that everybody's been calling to check up on her and stuff like that. And my biological mom calls the phone. Me, I'm not ashamed to say it. I will dodge her phone call any chance I get just because, like, I know what to expect. Like, I foresee it. Like, this woman has been the same all my life, you know? And it's like, I'm old, you know? Like, you're not going to pull the wool over my eyes. I'm not dumb. So I have to swallow my pride and just answer that phone call. And, you know, this was kind of when nobody really knew the status of my mom's health. Like, we were, like I said, they prepared us to put her in a casket. So everybody was kind of, like, saying goodbye I guess you can say and you know she called me and she's like you know this is this will be a great time for you and me to just you know like you know get back to normal and I just want you to know that I love you and I'm like never are you using my mom's health to try to get me back in your life right now like really okay and that like that's just like when my mom's like sick when my mom's not sick she's she took you away from me and she doesn't care about you like I gave you life like I brought you into this world like just completely like out of her mind like you don't want to thank this woman for taking care of your daughter for the past I don't know like 21 years so she just it's just a bunch of that like one minute oh man I'm sorry like blah 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 the next minute it's like bro I don't know. I'm sorry. She really irritated me. No, it's okay. So how do you, how do you (laughs) feel about you? You said something 
that was deep for me. You said that you didn't know that you learned that your dad that you thought you knew wasn't your dad at the age of 10. How did that play a toll on that you? Was, that was like the matrix. That was like the matrix. It was just, like I said, like this is a whole clusterfuck. Like I got the back end of everyone's horrible decisions. Um, and I, I had to find out a lot of this stuff at a very young age. Mm-hmm. Um, like the first four years of my life, like I just remember being in and out of the courtroom like every six to eight months because they were trying to get a hold of my biological mother to come take care of her kid. And then, um, you know, like you, my dad uh, was my sister and Neka's dad. And I remember my mom, both of my moms, I guess you can say, getting into an argument. My mom's like, you might as well just tell her that's not even her real dad. And I'm like, uh huh? Like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, then who is? Did that mess you know? up your relationship with him? It did. That messed up with my relationship with him from the age of like 10 or 11 all the way until. He passed when I was 16 mm-hmm. years old. He passed. So that was a, that point in time, like that, like at, when after I was 16, I think that's kind of when I was like. Did you already have, um, did you leave school yet or did you shortly leave school after no. that? I shortly left school after okay. that. Do you? That mm-hmm. was like that. That was, I lived like two years after that, like fully out of there, done. Mm-hmm. Do you think you you could ever build a relationship back with your biological mom? After learning the power of forgiveness, I feel like it's possible. I just don't think. I still feel like I haven't even fully, like, I don't even really fully know myself yet. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm almost there, but I'm not there. That's why I don't, like, I would love to be with someone who's level-minded like myself, but I just can't be in a relationship with anybody. Like, I don't really have room for, like, new friendships or, like, new things besides jobs because that's how I make my money. Um, So to try to build a relationship with her is trying to, like, build a relationship with somebody that I really don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just know bits and pieces of this woman and each bits and piece of her is negative. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't really ever remember a moment with me, like, hugging this lady, telling her that I love her. Like, I don't I don't remember any of that. So I'm just not ready to to have to deal (laughs) with that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I rather deal with a new personality from my three year old nephew. Like, I, I, I would rather just just because. I don't think where I'm coming from trying to get to know her, I don't think she's going to be in that same mindset. I just, I don't think so. I've like tried to level with her and I've tried to reason with her. Like I've tried, like it's been tried before, but she, you ever heard that saying? Like you can't teach an old dog new tricks. (laughs) Yes, I have. (laughs) I have. (laughs) Like, that's just that kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's still holding on to old things in the past. Like, she's still holding on to, like, her old decisions, and she resents people for it. Like, you know how you ask me, like, do you resent your mom from for having mm-hmm. cancer? Like, she resents everybody else because she gave me up. Do you feel mm-hmm. where I'm going with that? So, that like, that's that's where we stand. That's that. Do issue. you think that 
your mom and and it's something and I'm I you heard my podcast last week with my dad right and yeah. it was a lot of things that I feel like I expect from my dad or even from my parents in general and I think it's a lot of expectations that we have just being our <laughs> parents children that we have of adults do you think that your mom has been struggling your um has been struggling with a lot of things that she does not know yet to unpack. Just for example, my biological mom. Yes. Yes. Um, that she doesn't know how to yet to unpack. Do you think that you could ever kind of heal and move on without her unpacking all those things and being able to kind of love her from a distance and being able to like, okay, my mom's calling me, let me talk to her. Or do you think that you wouldn't be able to, kind of heal from that relationship I think and I've like I think and change is inevitable feelings are always going to change I think right now in this moment I'm just not going to heal from it it just is where it is I've just let it be just because I'm like five years into adulthood um I've tried to do this before. I've tried to do this at 19. I've tried to do this at 20. I've tried to do this at 21. I tried to do this at 22. But I think once I turn 23, that's when I'm like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm like, absolutely done for the time being. And Just because it's like, I can't. Go ahead, sis. No, I'm listening. Um, I was going to say, I, I just feel like at, at some point, like, when does it end? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm. I'm not a kid anymore to where this is okay. Like I'm going to, I'm a full blown adult. You know what I'm saying? I'm not like 35 or anything, <laughs> but I'm fully, a, I'm, I'm fully aware of expressing how I feel and listening to how you feel and stating opinions and, and, and it just being that, but she doesn't want to do that. And I can't deal with a person who isn't willing to change. Mm-hmm. Like, I just can't do it. Like, you've been in this world longer than I've been in this world. Like, I'm your child. Like, you should, like, you should jump at the opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Like, in my in my eyes, it's like, you just still don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can reach, I can extend an olive branch. I can extend a broom. I can extend a million dollars. Like, I can, I, I can extend anything in this world to this woman out of the kindness of my heart. And she'll still find a way to not reciprocate that. And if it does get reciprocated, it's reciprocated with her resentment and her guilt and her gross feelings. Mm -hmm. Like, not over here. I can't deal with that energy. Especially coming from my biological mom. (laughs) Like, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I cannot. I cannot. That's real. And I thank you for kind of really sharing that and letting us know what that thought process is for you. And I wanted to kind of wrap up our podcast, but I wanted to ask you, what words of advice do you have for people who are struggling with their biological parents and they're kind of at the same thought process as you or they they may want to reach out, but their parent is toxic? What what do you have to say to those people? I feel like, family is important like family is so important I think that 
you know, like having a good solid amount of people in your corner to support you through your bad decisions and do your, through your good decisions are like, they're great. But at the end of the day, like family or not, like people are people. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not going to, like, leave this world with these people attached to your hip. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to look out for yourself. I've kind of just created this mindset. Like, I've made it to 25 years old without my mom, my real mom and my real dad. Oh, wait, wait. Not your real, and I want to correct that. Not necessarily your real mom, because I think your mom is your your real mom. Your biological mom. Oh, biological mom. Uh My biological mom and my biological father. I, I've gone 25 years without their knowledge, their guidance, their advice, and I've made a lot of fucked up mistakes. Don't get me wrong, but how else was I gonna learn? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, not everybody is fortunate enough to have that person warn them about the evils of this world. You know, like at the end of the day, you just have to, you know, like get in tune with yourself and just try to understand yourself from a from a self perspective because. Honestly, at the end of the day, like, if I don't love myself, like, I'm probably not even going to be able to love her properly. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to be a whole clusterfuck of people don't know how to love each other. And then it's just it's just going to be repetitive. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think my best advice is just to love yourself because you will get caught up in those, like, for the longest time. I'm like, what did I do as a baby for you to just give me up? Like, I didn't, what? I couldn't even see anything, you mm-hmm. know? Like, you don't blame yourself. Love yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't get to know them, get to know you. Because, like I told you, like, I don't know if I'll be, like, I'm still trying to get to learn myself at 24 going on 25. So just don't stress it. There, I've, I've found family and friends. I've found home in other places. I've, I've found home in people. Like, there are others that are going to make you feel great. Don't feel, don't, don't use that to fill that void. You're the only person that's going to fill that void. Thank you. I really do appreciate that. And can you end it with letting us know what is your word for the year? What's one thing that you told yourself you're going to focus on this year? Um, damn. I don't want to say that you asked me this earlier, even though you did, because I just, I just didn't think about it. But now that I'm on the spot. I think my word of the year is consistency. Is what? I'm sorry? Consistency. Why do you say consistency? I think consistency is totally key. Like, the more you do things, the more it becomes of, you form a habit of it. And then with that habit, it just becomes something embedded in you. And it's, like, be consistent with loving yourself. You were talking to me about, like, my self-care rituals. Like, be consistent with those. Like, be consistent with what you love to do. Like, consistency in every aspect of the game. And so... No, so that's fine. That's fine. So thank you, Nandy. I appreciate you. (laughs) No, I was about to ask another question and I was like, don't do it, bro. Thank you, Nandy, for being able to really share yourself with us and being courageous enough. I know it was hard and I don't feel like we've ever really got deep like that. And I was going to say in in a very long time, but I don't think we ever got deep like that to really kind of know what's going on in your mind and on your heart. I don't think that you allow 
a lot of people, at least for me, I've never got to hear you. And so I appreciate you not only sharing it with me, but being able to go on a podcast and share that side. And I think that there's so much more to unpack, but I think that this is a step for you. And so I wanted to let you know I'm proud of you. I, I appreciate you. I appreciate the opportunity. Like, I don't talk about things enough. And, like, I'm going to leave this conversation and really, like, sit and think on everything we just talked about. Like, okay, wow. I'm going to go put a couple things into play now and just move differently and do other things differently and just see how my influence affects other people. Because now I'm, like, now I'm someone that other people kind of look up to mm-hmm. you know like that's where how your the role is reversed mm-hmm. so it's all love I appreciate it it gives me an opportunity to learn about myself and so people do want to reach out to you and ask you questions about your personal life or they want to be styled by Nan Breezy please tell the people where they can find you at Domino's Pizza no, I'm just kidding uh, <laughs> um, you guys can find me on Instagram you guys can find me on um, Twitter you guys can find me in the valley, I be working. You guys can Instagram, hello Nandy, Twitter, hello Nandy. Can you spell that for them, please? Um, yes, H E L L O O O N A N D I. And then you'll find my personal Instagram along the way, of course. And then all the other stuff will fall into place because everything's linked. Um, but yeah, I hope people, if you guys have any questions, if you guys want to talk, if you guys relate, if you need to like, listening ear or somebody to type let me know you know like hopefully I've like reached a couple of people and you know they want to share their story with us or me or you or somebody no I I can guarantee you touch one person at least with your story and they're struggling with the same thing you're doing so I appreciate that and if you would like to read my blog on this episode you can visit my website at www.mirandax.com slash blog cast b-l-o-g-c-a-s-t and you can always find me on instagram at miranda x m-a-r-o-n-d-a-x and that's what we have for the day thank you and we'll see you next week